0: your soul call for a life overseas? Is your mind curious about traveling abroad for professional or life-changing experiences? Or perhaps you just have a tingling sensation of experiencing the unknown? Hello world, this is Joshua Best, your host of Why We Travel, the podcast where we take a deep dive into exactly that, the motivations behind why we travel and the stories behind it. Season two, episode one, Migration, Past, Present, and Future. We're back with another season of Why We Travel, and I think this is the perfect way to not only think deeper about our motivations to cross borders, but set the tone for our approach this season. If you may have heard my story, at one point in my career, I was reflecting and I felt like I was doing or I've done seemingly random things, but that I did know it made sense from being an international recruiter to working. I had a university helping students that wanted to get jobs abroad. I had also worked that on a national human trafficking hotline. Uh, and then at some point during grad school, I took a course called Immigration and Labor. And then it finally clicked that the common thread in everything I've done or the interest that I've had, whether it's also working and volunteering to work with refugees and so on and so forth, involves the movement and people and essentially was immigration and labor in a nutshell so and just taking a class about it made me realize i was a real geek for it and that's what i want y'all to be too (laughs) quite frankly it's just sharing how interesting it is i think really when it comes down to it traveling especially with immigration and labor but you know i think more broadly I really believe that traveling makes us more human because it helps us connect with ourselves, it helps us connect with others, and it helps us connect with something greater, right? Uh, And then also, travel shapes the world around us. So, what is the movement of people? Migration. And what makes migration a compelling topic? Many things. That's why I want to kind of dive into it on just a high level. So in season one, I used my time in Thailand to inspire a story of my own while using it as a launch pad to link up with other people telling their stories. This season, there won't be a singular focus. It'll be just migration in general. But I want to be real intentional about having more of that like academic understanding uh, while still keeping it personal, having personal stories. And just to give you this same spark that I got from listening to my professor, uh, you know, five or so years ago or just to give the importance, I just kind of like really want to step back and talk about migration, past, present, and future in a very high level context. Life as we know it, the world as we know it, would not have existed without human beings and our crazy desire to migrate. So fun fact, just to add a little ethos to my statement, at the University of Maryland College Park, studied anthropology, concentrated in bioanthropology. So just, just, you know, <laughs> uh, understanding the evolution of people. But you don't really need to have a degree in this stuff as we're starting to understand, or it becomes common knowledge. But if you think about it, life started in Ethiopia. So, life as we know it, the world as we know it, would not have existed without human beings and our crazy desire to migrate. So, if you think about it, life started in Ethiopia and in a Grand scheme of the world in a blink of an eye, relatively a short span of time, with just our feet and you know maybe makeshift boats, you know, compared to what we have today, we engulfed the entire planet. And in doing so, we developed all sorts of genetic variation, disparate cultures, just we we impacted the environment and so much more. And throughout it all, what has been our main survival tool? culture. Let's say culture is what allows us to adapt to just about any environment and then pass on that knowledge to the next generation. And then not just the next generation, it all also allows us to pass it on to a fellow human being. It doesn't stand out the same way that a shark's teeth being integral to their survival stands out or a lion's physical prowess. But if you think about it, Right now, if you just tossed me (laughs) into the Alaskan wilderness, I would die very quickly. I hate the cold. I'm a very modern individual. Uh, I wouldn't last long. I'm pretty confident I wouldn't. So if you just plop me there, very confident I would die. No questions asked. However, if you plop me in an Alaskan village, I will learn their way of living and my chances of survival exponentially increases from certain death to certain failure, regardless who you are. Because now you have the power of community and the culture they've developed over time adapting to that environment and then the ability to pass it on to a fellow human beings. And if you look at the way a lot of animals work because they're so hardwired in what they do, you can't just pick up one, toss it somewhere else, and then they're just going to quickly learn, you know, save for very few exceptions at the most. So that's a very primitive way of putting it, but it's important. Right? Of just like how important it was for us to survive just terrain and wilderness and passing on those legacies. But then you bring it in a modern context, then that's why ethnic conclaves are so important. Whether you're talking about like Chinatowns or whatever community you're a part of, I'm sure there's a, a version of that community in another country. And then it just helps you just go and quickly assimilate to that country. So these ethnic conclaves allow someone to leave their native country for whatever reason it may be and go into an entirely new environment. And then boom, their chance of survival in this capitalist society or whatever you want to call it increases exponentially, just like it was if we were just doing that show uh, Survivor or something, the, the equivalent. That being said, migration has an undeniable impact on us and how we work with the world but then also how we impact the world as well if you just think about just wherever you're living just look at the housing the infrastructure and when we think about these things it's normally sad because it's you know we think about the negative impacts that things have had on the environment however there are just other countless other ways that just like keep in mind but then even if it does make you feel ah the impact we have on the world doesn't necessarily feel good, then not all the more reason to study this because it helps you with the awareness as how we can then pass on better habits to future generations, right? Going forward in the future is exactly that. How do we become more sustainable travelers? How do we become more sustainable migrants? Or what is this trend to digital nomads? You know, like how is that going to impact us? Well how You know, who are the digital nomads, right? And just think about it. So, digital nomads have been around for decades, but think about it because of the global pandemic that locked us in our homes. It's kind of funny if you think about it, because by being locked in our homes, it made us realize that we can work from anywhere. And if I could work from anywhere, then why would I stay here? (laughs) Like the, the irony of you being locked in your home making you then realize, like, yeah, actually, because I can work from anywhere then I could work from literally anywhere on the planet. And then so then there becomes like this rift between working from home and working from anywhere. So, yeah, it's great. You know, you have a lot of people that are happy to be working at home with their children or with their dog and all those benefits. But then you have others that's like, oh, I could work from a beach in Bali or I could actually I always thought about moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma for that remote work program. Now I can actually kind of test that out, you know, with with a lower barrier to entry and just head back home if I don't like it. And then so then when you start thinking about these decisions being made, then you start thinking about like, all right, yeah. So then who is the work from anywhere crowd? You know, what are their motivations, the demographics? How are countries competing for the resources that they bring? You know, whether it's through investment programs or making their border policies a little easier, and what impact will they have on the countries once they go? But not only that, but what is happening to the countries they're leaving to? So, for example, in America, I don't think we worry about it so much. But then, for example, if you may be another country where the, let's say, the economic or the academic elite aren't as many, then you start thinking and worrying about brain drain, for example. And nonetheless, aren't these people New Age migrants? (laughs) Is this just a modern version of what our ancestors have done? So what is a migrant? When I search in Google, the main results that returns are NGOs catering towards refugees and those seeking asylum. Like, as of writing today, the top articles that return regarding migrants and what they are, the first one was bodies found in St. Lawrence River near US-Canada border. Uh, another about migrant deaths at the U.S.-Mexico border, or a story about a Venezuelan migrant endured poverty and trek to Mexico before a deadly fire. And so my heart are with these stories, and these are things I I have and will always incorporate into my advocacy for freedom across borders. But it also begs a question, like, why is the label migrant so often used for the desperate and impoverished seeking safety when we all... Again, whether you're a digital nomad or you're somebody that just wants to permanent relocate to another country, you know, so on and so forth, you know, even international students, like there are so many forms of migrants, you know. Um, And so I wanted to highlight that, you know, according to the UN's International Organization for Migrant, migrant is simply an umbrella term not defined under international law, and it reflects the common lay understanding of a person who moves from his or her place of usual residence, whether with it's within a country or across an international border, whether it's temporary or permanently, for any reason. So again, it's, um, it begs the question, just why do we look at them a certain way? So today there are over 258 million migrants around the world living outside their country of birth. And that number is not only refugees and smuggled people, but also people such as expats, international students, and nomads, and whatever label you call these people, each has their own compelling story on why they travel and what makes us human. If you're listening to this, you're either migrant, have been migrant, or interested in migrants in some capacity. So that also means that you have your own migrant story, or you are also already interested in a migrant story. So really whether you whatever you call these people whether it's a migrant, a digital nomad, international student, expats, what have you. Again, whatever you call these people, each has their own compelling story on why they travel. And these stories are essentially what makes us human and what spreads humanity and what shapes the world around us as we know it as it always has been. If this interests you, at all continue to follow us to hear more love this episode then do us a solid and please subscribe rate and leave a review also you can help us unpack why we travel by sharing your story on why you travel by going over to our instagram page why we travel official click the appropriate link and then that way you're be either a guest on our podcast or we'll share your story on our social media that's it for now thank you for listening and please stay tuned in for our next episode of why we travel